Welcome to Comedians Talking Sports, the podcast where comedians talk sports. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. Uh, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. You could give it a follow on Twitter at Comedy Sports Pod. Give myself a follow. That's simply at Joe Kilgallen. What's up, baby? Uh, you could also give us a like on Facebook. That's Comedians Talking Sports with Joe Kilgallen. And what else? Subscribe on iTunes. Follow on SoundCloud. Uh, you know, write about us in your journal. You know, tell your mom. Give her a hug. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Uh, we're on Instagram, but I haven't done an Instagram picture in a while. Look, I'll be honest. Like, when good shit comes to me, I'm like, ooh, that's a picture. Got to put that up on the gram. I'm, I'm throwing that on my own. And I just forget that I also have the Comedians Talking Sports Instagram. You know, maybe that'll be a New Year's resolution thing for me. It's 2017 now. Happy New Year, by the way, everybody. Happy New Year to you and yours. Maybe I'll have to be more active on the social media stuff. But for the most part, uh, you know, just subscribe to us on iTunes. Write us a review there. It goes a long way. Really appreciate that. I'm excited for the new year. A lot of things happening in my life. This is a fun month in sports, too. That first month of the of the year there where you got NFL playoffs going on. And then NBA and NHL, to me, really starts to heat up after the new year. Because, you know, you can't really, you can't really get too high and low on November and December hockey. And, and basketball, of course, you know. I am doing the podcast by myself today. Allow me to explain. It's coming out a little later than I wanted to on a Wednesday evening. I, I know you're thinking, you're already thinking, I can tell. You're already like, you, Joe, were fucking lazy. You didn't book anyone. No, that's not true, okay? I mean, that's slightly true. I reached out to a couple of people, kind of short notice. But more than that, I got a soundboard, a mixer. They call it a mixer. I got one of those from Amazon because I'm trying to do it where I have two guests on the program. Now, the last three podcasts I did in 20... Why am I blanking on the year? 2016. It was just last year. Look how quickly we want to forget about 2016. But not me. I love 2016. Cubs were the World Series champions. I'll get into that later. But the last few podcasts I had done of the year were ones where I had multiple guests. You know? And I kind of really enjoyed that. But I was using my buddy Mike Bridenstine, who co-hosted my MLB Weekly Recap podcast all season long. And, you know, I can't just be borrowing his equipment every week, especially if he's not going to be on it every week. I don't know. Maybe I'll talk to Bridal. Maybe he'll want to be my permanent co-host. I don't even know if I want that, though. <laughs> I don't know if you're, if you're listening, Bridal. Look, I love you. I love you for the baseball stuff. But, you know, that's what I noticed. So the last podcast I did, the last one of the year, which was before Christmas, it was myself Mike Bridenstine and C.J. Sullivan. C.J., who's a hilarious comedian from Chicago, been on Comedy Central, is um, wrote for the Critics' Choice Awards, very funny dude, and had a podcast with another couple comedians back in Chicago called The Visitor's Locker Room. That was the inspiration for the podcast Megan Gailey and I did that I now do now. It all kind of derived, inspired. Our, my podcast have been way better than the shit he's done, but, you know, he was an inspiration nonetheless. So... I, I wanted to get him on, and more importantly, he wanted to talk about the Cubs, even though we were almost, what, six weeks removed from the World Series at that point, maybe seven weeks, which, again, you can never not talk about it. It's the greatest story in American sports history, the ending of a 108-year drought. So I was more than happy. Okay, I don't care. What is this, December 18th? Yeah, we'll bring you on. He has some specific stuff you want to talk about. Plus, there was a lot of cool stories in sports, and I know he's, he's incredibly well-rounded. He could talk about anything, that dude. So I was like, all right, this is going to be a good one. And I was listening to the playback, and I really, really enjoyed it. So I was like, damn it, I want that to be the thing in the new year where it's me and two guests. And look at it, look at it this way or listen to it this way because you're listening to me. You're not looking at me, although you could throw up my picture if you want, you know, stare at these stare at baby blues. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, all right. 
but this is why I thought, I'm like, this would be great if I could have two people on because then I could have someone like Mike on who's a baseball expert. Say I have him back on and we, we started talking spring training in March or something. But I'm also like, all right, we got March Madness going. Brido, he doesn't know shit about college basketball. I'm assuming. I don't know. I've never talked about it with him. But then I bring on someone who knows about college basketball. So I got two of them. And there's just more in a give and take. And I think that, you know, I just feel like that's plus when I tweet it out and I tag those two on Twitter, they both retweeted. I'm reaching a more audience. See, you got to think that way, too, in this world, kids. It's about the branding, getting them likes and retweets. So that's what I wanted to do. All right. So I get an Amazon gift card for Christmas. I order the a mixer. It was it had great reviews and all that stuff. There's nothing wrong with the mixer. The mixer's great. Problem I had is I thought it was just a real easy Oh, you just put this cord from my Zoom H4n into the mixer, and then boom. Like, that simple. was not. I cannot figure out what I'm doing wrong with it. So tomorrow or Friday, some point by the end of this week, it's Wednesday right now, I'm going to hit up Guitar Center and explain to them my situation and say, listen, here's what I want to do. My fear is they're going to say, hey, you know you got the mixer. You got the three mics. I actually don't have the third mic yet. I got to get that. Why don't you just go from the mixer right into your MacBook Air? Yeah, I could do that. I just don't. Look, I bought the Zoom, though, and I like the Zoom because then I could go to people's house. I mean, I could go with my laptop to people's houses, but I don't want to lug a mixer around. I don't know. It's a whole thing. You know, I got I to gotta be a studio now. I just wanted to go from the Zoom. You know, the reason I've, I my Zoom only has two mic capability or two microphones. Brido has a fancier new one. It's probably for like a hundred bucks more where he could do four microphones. So it's almost like, you know, maybe instead of buying the mixer, I should have just traded the mixer and well, now maybe I could trade the mixer because I've got that as an asset and the zoom in for uh, one like his where I get the four. I don't know because I already know how to do all that. I don't want to have to learn a new thing where it's like, all right, you got to check the levels. That's why I never understood why people use mixers for their podcast. The zoom, everyone I know who uses the zoom, I learned about the zoom from some YouTube video where Mark Maron was talking about his studio and then they asked him well what do you do when you're on the road he goes oh, i just bring a zoom and a couple mics and i'm like well why the fuck don't you just do that all the time because i listen to his podcast i don't even listen to that actually in like a, over a year or so i mean it's still a great podcast i'm sure i just you know i haven't been into it does he still do it i don't hear anybody talking about that there was a time there where people were like hey have you heard the latest marin the latest wtf i don't know maybe he's not doing it anymore or maybe i'm just not hanging out with nerds i don't know um uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I, I remember hearing Mark Maron talk about that, just being like, dude, why don't you just use that all the time? It seems like you spent thousands of dollars on extra equipment when I can't tell the difference in sound. I really think it's just there's real sound snobs out there. And there are times where I remember in the beginning, we I screwed up on this podcast where it was like you can only hear it in like one person's voice in one ear and one in the other. So, I, I, I mean, it took a little bit of a learning curve. And you want the sound quality to be as amazing as possible. I've had a few friends in radio who say our, our podcast sounds really good. In the early going, it didn't sound very good because the peas were popping because I didn't get those, you know, do you hear me? Hands touching it. The, I don't know what the hell you call them. You put them on the mic. It's like a, like a, it's like some sort of hat for the microphone. It's like a cover, like a, like, you know, on your driver, you get a golf, you know, cover the head, a head cover. Is that what we call it? A head cover? I'm losing it right now, everyone. So I really want to do that come New Year, and I think by next week I'll have that. So I'll have two guests each week. I already have some fun stuff planned for the month of February because February, you know, that week between the Super Bowl, maybe that's the first week of February, last week of January, but between that NFC and AFC championship to the Super Bowl, yeah, there'll be some NBA and NHL to talk about. But I also thought, all right, you know, let's do something different. 
So I think I'm going to have on some of my friends who aren't even sports people per se, but they're movie people. And we could do a whole podcast talking about the greatest sports movies of all time and the worst. I think I recall a few months ago talking about that movie with Freddie Prince Jr. What's it called? Summer Catch. That might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It was dog shit. Complete dog. I mean, Jessica Biel in a ba- bikini. You know, I'd watch it again for that. But complete dog shit plot and story-wise. All right. Do, do have some fun stuff to talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of want to lead, should I just lead off with this? I've, I've become more and more into the UFC and I'm, I'm one of the first to admit it bandwagon jumper. Cause of my guy, Conor McGregor, I used to be kind of into it about five or six years ago. I had some buddies back home in Chicago who liked, it, and I remember going to their house and checking out a pay-per-view and it was fine to watch. I, like I'd watch, you know, it's a couple people beating the shit out of each other. It was fun to watch. And I, you know, I wasn't that into it, so I didn't know who was good. I just drank beers going, oh, yeah, fucking that guy's kicking someone's ass. And, oh, that guy just threw a knee in his face. Now he's lost. That was the one thing that irked me about it when I first started watching UFC. Because I, I kind of thought, you know, boxing was that sweet science. UFC just kind of like, it's, don't get me, I now realize how wrong I was in thinking this way. But I remember not liking UFC because I think I watched a pay-per-view at someone's house. And it wasn't even like, you know, one of the big fights of the night. It was kind of like one of the earlier fights. Undercard, maybe. And... The guy, one guy was destroying this dude, just totally working him. And that guy, I think, I remember him just, he kind of just stumbled. And when he went on for like the attack on top, he threw a knee and just caught the guy at the right angle on his jaw. And the dude was out. And it's like, all right, so that guy wins. I mean, I guess it happens in boxing every now and then when one guy's just an onslaught, he's destroying him the whole time. And the guy just throws a lucky punch and that sports, it happens. But it felt like it was more likely to happen in UFC because it's so many different fighting styles. But then I, that's now I realize how stupid I was for thinking that because what makes the UFC so impressive and it's just it's just a progression of what we want to see in sports in a way where it's like, oh, all right, you got boxing, you've got kickboxing, you've got wrestling. I mean, you've got all, it's like seven, it's so many different styles, jiu-jitsu, all of them into one thing. That's what makes it so incredible, you know, because you have to, as a, if you're training to fight a guy, and that's where I've kind of really gotten into it, and you're seeing stuff in this Rousey fight. This was her big return after a 13-month layoff where she's facing Amanda Nunez, who I'd seen before against Misha Tate, and she, she could strike. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect out of Rousey going in. I, I kind of thought there'd be some rust. I, then I, I also kind of thought she was going to win because I remember over the summer – I think it was before McGregor Diaz too. I had Mick Betancourt on. Mick's a great dude. He's got a show coming up called Shots Fired. It's coming up sometime in 2017. I don't know when it's coming out. It's going to be on Fox called Shots Fired, where he was a co-executive producer on it. He's a hilarious comedian, an amazing writer too, and just one of the best dudes you'll ever meet. You guys, go back and listen to that one. I tweeted out some of my favorite podcasts of 2016, and that for sure was one of them. As long as one with Maddie Ryan, I did one with uh, a couple, both the podcasts. Rhea Butcher was on, was fun. Jake Weissman was a good one. Uh, Megan Gailey was great, obviously, and all the stuff, all the baseball stuff I've done with Briar. The World Series coverage with McGowan and Dwyer was great too. Anyway, back to the issue at hand. I think I just quoted Dr. Dre an accident. Anyhow, um, he had mentioned that one of the things he thought kind of ruined Rousey going into the home fight was that she didn't take the home fight seriously enough. And she was, you know, she was on Ellen, she's doing movies, she's on SNL, she just became so Hollywood. While that was going on, Holly Holm is just in the gym. She is just focusing on, the like, 
I she's a fighter. That's all she is is a fighter. And and Rousey just wasn't ready for that. Rousey just got, you know, you get a little too cocky, you get above yourself. And, and what was crazy about it, I even mentioned to him in that podcast, I go, yeah, I remember Rousey, they were playing this clip after Holm beat her where she was on Jimmy Fallon saying, oh, I know what Holmes was going to try to do. Holly Holm was going to try to do. She's going to try to kick me in the back of the head and knock me out, and I'm not going to let her. Well, guess what? That's exactly what happened. She got kicked in the back of the head, and that was it. She got, she got destroyed in that one. But it was still a way better showing than this past weekend against Nunez, where she it looked like it looked like someone who had never fought before. And I'm not tearing down Rousey because it was it was a bummer to watch, really. Because I still think she she is she is women's MMA. She made that a thing. She's the Babe Ruth of that. She brought it to the mainstream. And it's so I, there are so many people on Twitter just talking shit on Facebook and everyone the same unoriginal hack joke. Um, I, you know, I lasted 48 seconds and who last 48 seconds? And oh, 2016 also killed the career of Ronda Rousey. And that's 2016's last death is real. I was just really just hacky shit. And look, I'm not, I'm not saying fans can't make fun of athletes. I do it all the time. That's the point of the show in many ways is to kind of take the piss out of sports. But to me, that just sucked. I didn't. And who the fuck are you? It's a different sport. This is not it. like you have to respect her. For the, I didn't like. I can understand people just being, "Damn, she got her ass kicked." That's fine reaction because that's accurate. That's what happened. But for people to try to like tear apart her whole career at that point, fuck you. Really, this woman destroyed people in seconds over and over. And if you want to be like, "Oh, they're light competition," UFC protected her. Okay, maybe there's a thread of an argument to that, but it's still a weak one at best. She was, she's a champion and always will be whether or not she comes back. I, I'm honestly at the point where I don't think she should, but I just hate to see a fighter lose like that, you know, but if, if after a 13 month layover, maybe it goes this way, fire that coach. Cause he's clearly terrible, clearly terrible. Two fights in a row. Now she goes away from her strength. Don't understand that. That's why Conor McGregor has Kavanaugh on. He's amazing. McGregor lost to Nate Diaz over the summer of 2016. They fought at 170. It was short notice for both fighters. Um, McGregor still earns points for taking it on short, such short notice. He was coming off a staph infection they didn't really tell anybody about. Not taking away from Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz is a badass. A guy I didn't really like at first. Um for complete stupid reasons on my end. I really like both Diaz brothers a lot now, actually. It's weird, though. I hear Nick Diaz on a lot of podcasts. Nick, if you're, if you're a USC fan, listen to Nick Diaz speak, his older brother. He sounds like he could be an analyst. He sounds very professional. I mean, every now and then he'll start swearing and, you know, being a fighter. But you feel like if you polish him up a little bit, you could throw him on TV. And, and he, could be, he could be great analyzing fights. And then you hear Nate... And you're just like, dude, could you read? Like, <laughs> not that you would actually say that to someone who's going to read, but it's like there's something there, man. I don't know if he's punch drunk or if it just he sounds like Mike Tyson in a way that really high pitch. Like, I don't know what that is. And it's like, and it doesn't make sense. He trails off. He mumbles a lot. I know he's a big stoner, but so is his brother, and so are a lot of highly intelligent people I know. I mean, it slows you down a little bit, but 
it's it's I don't know it's something serious. It almost makes me wonder why isn't Nate Diaz being talked about? You know, I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, I listen to Shell Sonnen. I've been listening to a lot of these guys more because I've been getting more into the sport. And I'm, and they keep talking about how now that Rousey's like out, McGregor is the only star left. McGregor is the UFC now. He is their biggest draw by far. By far, it, like it is night and day the pay per view numbers from when McGregor fights or when he doesn't fight. He is the star. Oh, I would even finish my point about Rousey's horrible coach. What I was saying is that McGregor made adjustments from his loss because he came out, you know, he kind of thought like, oh, because McGregor does have an incredible left. But at 170, he loses the punching power than when he had been. He'd been fighting at 145 this whole time. And now he, you know, obviously took the belt at 155. I talked about that on the previous podcast. Destroyed Alvarez. Just that left is so deadly. It's like Jordan's fadeaway. You just, what, what could you do? And Kareem Skyhook too. It was just... You know, he, he kind of, you know, he thought he had that punching power against Nate and he just didn't really have it at that, you know, at that way because he really hadn't trained fully at that weight at least. And he made the mistake of, of, you know, trying, he played into Nate's hands. Next time, punching power's there. He drops Nate a few times to his ass. And normally you'd be like, oh, you dropped him to the ground, get on top and start, you know, end that. But that plays into Nate's strength. He didn't do that. He learned. He had discipline. He's like, I'm not playing into that. That was smart, and that's why he won majority decision. This is now two fights in a row, two huge losses, like devastating losses by Rousey in which she doesn't play to her own strength. She, like, stood up. Holly Holm was like a world champion kickboxer. Why would you stand up with her when you're known when you could choke someone out? You're, you're the submission queen. Why would you do that? Just didn't make sense. And then to come back, at, like, did you not see – when Nunez did in her previous fight, and then you want to come and box her too, it didn't make sense. I don't know if she just, you know, the bell rang and then she went in and then she just got she got knocked, you know, a real quick shot, like a boom, how's your mother type of shot. And her mom was in the crowd, so her mom could have been like, I'm not doing well now that you hit my daughter. And and then and then Rousey just was like, all right, I'm off my game plan now. I think that's what happens in fights too. You know, I've never been in an official fight. I, I took a couple boxing like classes. Portage Park in Chicago. It's around the block from me. So a few of my friends went over there. I sparred a little bit, but I didn't really, it was nothing. I mean, these were like two to three days of beginner class. I mean, it wasn't even class. I mean, two of my friends were like training with the guy and I just kind of tapped along because I had nothing to do. And then I think uh, baseball season started up. So I was like, I'm a baseball player. I'm not a boxer. And um, I wrestled in high school, but very like just freshman year and really didn't like it. I just, it was too gross. <laughs> I know it sounds, I'm not trying to sound like a, like a punk, but like, I don't know. I just had like the first day of wrestling camp. I remember just like the coach, you shouldn't have let off with this coach. He let off with just all the skin diseases you could get and, and the cauliflower air and impetigo and ringworm and, and just all this stuff. And then everyone had talked about how famously disgusting the wrestling room was at St. Pat's, my high school in Chicago. Sorry about that. I trailed off there because the stupid mic thing came out. Let me tighten that up. All right, I was talking about how disgusting the wrestling room was in my high school, and it, it was gross. But, yeah, so I kind of just got in the, the point where I'm like, this isn't – and I didn't get the same thrill as other people did. I remember I um, – was it my second fight or my first fight? I think I lost my first one. I was in a bad weight class, bad in this for a beginner because the other people in that weight class were amazing. It's so my buddy Mike Benson, a really good friend of mine in high school. I've seen forever. He's a good dude, though. And um, he was incredible. He was like – 
took second in the state as an eighth grader and we're freshmen now. And he was like 16th in the nation. But he had been, he was burnt out by the time he was 15 years old because he'd been wrestling since he was like three. It was like this obsession, like this obsessive thing where it's like, you know, a varsity blue situation where he's just like, you know, fuck this shit. I don't want to do it anymore. How about that? Fuck you, Coach Kilmer. I don't want your life. And it was just, you know, he didn't want to do it. And he was not a good uh, practice partner because neither of us wanted to be there. I mean, he was a great practice partner in that sense then because I didn't, I, you know, I didn't fucking care. It was just I didn't make the basketball team. So I'm like, I got to do something until baseball starts. And I, I remember, and he was, obviously I wasn't going to beat him. And then he ended up getting pushed up to varsity pretty quickly. But the first wrestling match I had was that one, was that, I think they might have put me up to 160 even though I was really 152. I was like 151. Maybe I was at 152 at that point. Isn't it amazing that I, I was the size of these guys are in the UFC that I'm talking about? McGregor had the belts at 145 and 155. I'm a freshman in high school, and I was bigger than that. I think at the start of freshman year, I weighed about 146. I remember because senior year at St. Pat's, they gave us back this thing from our freshman year, kind of like a thing of, oh, look look how far you've come in four years. And it had our height and weight. I was 5'10", 146. And then I graduated at 6'1", like 175. So I gained three inches and 30 pounds in four years. That's not interesting. Maybe it is. I don't know. And, um, and so anyway, like first I remember I lost in three periods. I didn't get pinned. It was, he just outscored me my first, uh, match, but the coaches were real proud of me. The JV coaches who didn't really know me that well. were like, dude, you short heart, man. Cause there was a couple times the guys about to pin me and I got up. So I was getting points there. It was a like high scoring and I lost by like two or three points. Then my next one, I, um, did I pin him or did I win on points there? I think I might've won on points there. I double leg trained this dude like twice. And because of it, I got moved of the year. I just, it was like a Goldberg spear. It was sick. And I was kind of into I wasn't kind of, I was really into pro wrestling at the time. So I was, just, I remember being that, oh, this is just Goldberg Spear. Yeah, I could do that, no problem. And that was just my move. And, uh, and I remember when I won that, I was just like, I want to take a shower. I'm tired. And all my all my teammates, who I love, the great dudes, they were all like, dude, fuck, you know, they're all like trying to be all like jacked up and stuff. And I'm just like, don't touch me, dude. I really want to take a shower. I wasn't like a germaphobe. I just was, I, I didn't get the thrill out of it. But in the fight game, as I was, as this started, when you take that shot, it really does take you off your game plan. So I don't know. Maybe that's part of it with Rousey, but I'm torn. I am torn. What, what do you think? What do you, let me know. Tweet at me what you think. I, does she just retire? And, and, you know, she obviously is great on camera. Does she stick to the acting thing? Does she try to become an analyst? I mean, it would be a smart move on UFC's part to have uh, to keep her around. You know what I mean? Because she's such she'd be a great ambassador for the sport. Or does she say, screw that? I'm still only 20, I think 29. I'm not ready to give this up. I still have some fights left in me. Took a long layoff. I, I, I it was a real stupid strategy. I'm firing my coach. I, I'm I'm redoing everything the way I look at it. I'm gonna train in this. I'm gonna train in that, and I'm gonna be back. I will be back. I am not gonna let that be my last fight. I'm not going down that way. Maybe that'd be great. I'd respect that, but I don't know if she's got that in her. Because to be honest, after the Holly Holm fight, I mean, I know she, you know, she famously was on Ellen talking about how she wanted to kill herself. And, and that's horrible. And obviously get the help you need there. And, and she just let it get the, you know, she, the, the, the pressure was so high that the loss was just inconceivable to her that when it happened, you know, she didn't know what to do with herself. I think the people in her inner circle did her a disservice. You know, that's why I just came into UFC back when McGregor's rise started because I'm like, oh, this is a fast talking Irish dude, a trash talking Irish guy. This guy's awesome. He's funny. I mean, not that I normally like athletes talking shit, although as I've gotten older, I've been more and more like, yeah, why not? In the fight game, you just have to. I mean, who's going to be your favorite? Every champion talks shit. 
They've all have. That's just the way it goes. So that then you, you're okay with it. You know what I mean? And he was humble in defeat, which you're supposed to be, I guess, because what the fuck are you going to say? Anyway, though, um, so I kind of just jumped on that. I piggybacked. Um, I bandwagoned on it. And But what really made me like McGregor even more, as I'm saying, compared to Rousey, was that after he lost to Nate, he was like, let's go again. Let's go. You know? He, they, they fought each other again next time, and he did better, and he won. Then on top of that, he was like, all right, who's next? I want the belt, I want the belt at 155. Let's make it happen. Boom. And he wins that. Destroys him. When everybody going into that fight said he had no chance. Destroys him. Kicks his ass. All right. I probably spent way too much time on UFC right now, but it's going to be interesting to see how that shit unfolds. Um, you know, I think Nate Diaz, I was talking about how McGregor's their only star left. I mean, Woodley and... Um, uh, Habib and um, I don't think Aldo's a star at all. I honestly don't give a shit to watch his fights. Um, I mean, he's a good fighter, but still, I think I want Nate back. I don't know why anyone's talking about Nate. I know he jokingly said twenty million, but come on, so you tell me they can't say, "Hey, here's five hundred thousand. We want you to take on so and so," or you know, just he's ranked what fifth or sixth in one fifty five. He should be ranked higher than that. Kavanaugh, McGregor's coach, is even like, no, honestly, he goes, "I think Conor will beat Habib. I think he'll beat that dude." I think he'll beat this dude. And they go, Nate's his t- toughest opponent. Nate's the only one that'd give him another challenge. So I don't know why they don't just don't throw Nate out there. Connor's taking a long layoff, so the UFC is scrambling for a star. Not a long layoff. Who knows? He might fight this. You don't know what this dude. That's why I love him. But his uh, his girlfriend is expecting their first child in May. As the guy who's expecting my first child in six weeks. I get it. You you, you want to stay close. You want to make things. You want to be there for your, uh, your, I was going to say wife, but he's not married. But, you know, it's. I actually can't compare because I'm telling dick jokes at, at bars and comedy clubs, so I can't really compare it to what the fuck he does, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, all right, moving on. NFL wildcard weekend. I am pumped about that. Uh, the college bowl game season uh, is underway too. Ohio State, you're gone. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. I'm not, I'm not an Ohio State fan per se. I got a cousin who uh, is a doctor at the hospital there, and him and his girlfriend are both doctors there. They seem great, so, I mean, fine, I guess. I just didn't think they should be there. But then again, I hate Penn State. So I was like, oh, they got screwed. Poor Penn State. But I don't really give a shit because I still don't understand. I still think when you find out that your football team, your football program, your school, it's really the school, it's an institution is what it is, covered for, like concealing and covering, and it was just massive cover-up where they knew about it for decades, fucking decades that Sandusky was was molesting kids, and they're just they turned a blind eye to it, and they all love Joe Paul. We love Joe Paul. Joe Paterno. They were cried when they brought a statue on. Fuck you as a fan base. I don't give a shit. Oh, but he was like a grandpa of the school. Yeah, well your grandpa's a sick fuck. How about that? How about that? Like I know he didn't. I know a lot of well he didn't personally do it. Yeah, but he still he stuck up for the guy. I don't give a shit. If my best man, who was my cousin, my brother, that's, I don't want to even do that hypothetical. But if any one of my groomsmen. If I find out they're diddling little children, I'm going to be like, you're, I'm, I'm fucking turning your ass in, dude. Yeah, that's that's unforgivable. There's certain crimes that are unforgivable. You find out your buddy robbed a bank, yeah, you, you you know. You tell him, hey, dude, I loaned the basement for a little bit. Throw me some coin. We'll go out and have a good time. Let's do some money laundering through Vegas. It's a four-hour drive from L.A. Let's, you know, that, you, you know. But if, if you're doing something with their victims, because really robbing a bank is kind of victimless. Because the FDIC insures it up to $200,000. Anyone who has more money than that, they probably did some shady shit. <laughs> no, I'm just messing around. Robin a bank's not good either. But obviously, rape, molesting children, murder, 
Unless sometimes murder is justified, though. There's no justification for rape or molesting. If a murder out of revenge, crime of passion, okay, maybe I'll help you out. I'll hide you. But you can't. This is just the most disgusting shit. Fathers and mothers were dropping their children off at your camps, trusting you. And I know this is a story that doesn't die, but it has to be. You can't forget about this shit. 9 11, never forget. Penn State, never forget. And I don't know what the. I, I thought the NCAA was too weak on them. They should have got the death penalty, which, for those of you who aren't aware, it's what they call it when you they suspend your football program. I mean, they should have done that for like a decade. And then at that point, it could have been like a rebuild and a looking back. And then, I mean, I know they erased all Paterno's wins, which is good. I know there's a lot of people like, well, that's unfair to the people who played in those games erasing those wins. Who fucking cares? You think the guy who was the outside linebacker for those teams is like, I guess I didn't win any games in college now. No, he's still going to be like, no, we, this was my record. Those wins are from the coach. And I know they took them from the record book, but I still played those games. Like, they, they don't really give a shit. The ones who made the NFL are still like, but my college record. I mean, it's that fine line with sports. I know it's supposed to be this escape, but you're not supposed to escape so much that you just ignore heinous crimes. It is. I, I remember I was, so, you know, they were in LA, the Rose Bowl is in Pasadena. 15 minutes from me. I was somewhere. I was out to eat. I think I, yeah, my in-laws were in town over the weekend. We went to uh, this restaurant in uh, Marina Del Rey. And I saw just several families all decked out in Penn State gear. And I looked at just got as uncomfortable as you'd see someone wearing you know, swastikas. We were just like, this feels weird. I mean, obviously not to the same degree, of course. Obviously, one is way worse than the other. But I just think you got to be quiet about that for a while. I don't know when the statute of limitations is up on that. Someone asked me once ago, how would you feel if it was the Cubs? I go, I wouldn't root for the Cubs. I'm not even kidding. You guys know how diehard I am. I like the Cubs more than I like most of close friends. Close, I have close friends who I'm just like, yeah, I'd like the Cubs better than you. And they wouldn't even take offense to that because they just they know what they're going up against. But if I found out that, because at least a baseball team, though, they could sell the team and then it's new ownership. And it's the only thing that's the same as the, the uniform. That's, you know, whole new owner. Like Penn State, I mean, I know they're like thinking it's new coaches, new this, new that, but I just don't think the penalty was stiff enough. Because it was the school. I don't know. I know they got rid of all those people who covered it up in the school. I just feel like there needs to be more. I, I don't know. I feel like they have to do I, – I have to look into their charity and see how much charity they do and, and whatnot. It just seems like such a disgusting thing. All right. I didn't mean to bum you out about that. The NCAA is gross. I was I rewatched. I was got halfway into it. There's a documentary called Schooled. It's on Netflix. You got to rewatch that. I mean, or watch it for the first one. If you've not seen it, Schooled. It's 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 called Schooled. It's on Netflix. It's basically all about how shitty the NCAA is and how these players should get paid. They absolutely should get paid. They are the definition of indentured servants. I know a lot of you are like, well, they get a free college education. That costs the school like twenty grand. And meanwhile, each player, they generate billions as a whole off of this. The, the coaches get paid tons. Just you got to look into it more. It's the one documentary I've been able to show people who it changed their minds. And several people where I just go watch the documentary school. Megan Gailey being a great example where she, I remember her and I got into it on our old podcast about absolutely they shouldn't get paid. And, you know, and she's a big college sports fan, it's bigger than I am. And she watched it and came right back to me and was just like, holy shit, you are right. This is just, yeah. I mean, maybe I'll have someone on to review with me. That way we could get really into it. But right now I want to talk about, um, oh shit, I'm looking at this book I just finished. I finished Ahead of the Curve by Brian Kenny. 
who's on MLB Network. He has a show called MLB Now, and I think he's he's all over that network. He's he's amazing. He is awesome. He uh, it's called Inside the Baseball Revolution. It's so much more than just a baseball book. It's called Ahead of the Curve again. I highly highly recommend it. I told my I texted my buddy right when I, I read like the first three or four chapters, and I texted my buddy Herb Lawrence. I texted a lot of people. I texted Herb about it because I knew he'd really appreciate it because it's a really progressive book and just how you look at society. The first chapter alone, just the way it talks about uh, herd mentality. How people, no one wants to go against the herd and how much there's the danger in it. And he just, he breaks it down in the sense that, all right, if you do something that's always been done and you fail, no big deal. But if you, but if you fail at trying something that's never been done, you're subject to ridicule and how that, this is how coaches could lose their job and stuff like that. And just how that's such a, like a shitty, I'm just, I'm glad I'm not one of those people. I am. And it makes me sad when I know people who have tons of potential and tons of talent who are those type of people who just go with society. They hang out with people who never challenge their thought. They, they just, they, they, they go with the grain. They never want to be different. They don't want, you don't want to, you want to get too far from the herd. You always want to be what, what everyone else accepts. So that's where that book really opened my eyes. And I hit him up about it. And then he, yeah, I think he picked up a copy like immediately or started reading on online or on Kindle or something. And then hit me back up going, holy shit, this is amazing. We both tweeted out to Brian Kenny, who favorited both the tweets like a gentleman. Good man there, Brian. Finished that book. Real quick read. Um, not because it's like, you know, like easy or anything. I mean, you know, it's easy read. It's, it's about baseball. Um, I'm not saying you got to like be a genius or anything. I didn't mean like it's an easy read like a dummy could read it because there is a lot of statistics to analyze and everything like that. But what I meant was that it's so good that you don't want to put it down. That's what I meant. And then the next book I read, I got like four or five books for Christmas. I had a, I had a nice little book list that I really, I want to start attacking reading more. The next book was called The Only Rule Is It Has to Work. It's about two writers from baseball perspectives who have their own podcast that I, I really want to check out now called uh, Effectively Wild. I'm forgetting their names. The book is right over there. It's Ben and um, Sam, Sam something and Ben Miller, I believe their names are Sam Miller and Ben. Damn it. Sorry, Ben. I'm forgetting your name right now. And the book is on the way on the other side of the room. Anyway, I'm about 280 pages into that. So I'm wrapping that up. That has been amazing. I'm reading that one even faster than I read ahead of the curve. And it's about, so they get to take control of an independent baseball team in Northern California, the Sonoma Stompers. It's a four team league, the Pacific league, I believe it's called. And, um, and they get to take it over and they want to try all these advanced approaches, uh, you know, put sabermetrics to, you know, these guys were big fancy baseball guys. They wrote for baseball prospectus and all this other stuff. And, and they wanted to, you know, so the only rules that has to work is basically we'll try anything, but the only rule has to work. And it's, it's just an amazing, right? I don't want to give away too much of it, but definitely check it out because it'll, they like, like ahead of the curve. They'll expose you to some stuff where you're like, holy shit, that's awesome. And I don't know, I've just become more, whenever I get this new information, I want to apply it. And I'm fascinated to see if there could be sabermetrics for other things. I just find that shit so fucking cool. I do. The idea that you could just, it's, it's all about looking for like advantages. It's finding value where value has never been found. See, I think I missed my calling. I should have been more into economics in like high school and then college and then maybe try to get into Wall Street. Style. I wouldn't be happy doing that shit actually. This stuff makes me happy. But definitely check out those two books. If you guys have any books that you think I need to read, send them my way. They don't have to be sports related because I'm going to read that John Ronson book after I finish uh, the book I'm reading right now called So You've Been Publicly Shamed by John Ronson, who had previously written The Psychopath Test and The Men Who Stare at Goats, which was a movie of George Clooney. 
All right, enough uh, enough plugging of other people's stuff. NFL Wild Card Weekend going on. First game I want to talk about: Oakland Raiders, Houston Texans. I mean, hot Christ on a bike. These poor Raiders going to the playoffs for the first time in a, in a while. I think since what 2002 or 2003, and uh, they're. Dud Derek Carr, who's had who's had a great year. I mean, I'd, I'd put him in the top five in quarterbacks. Even he had been playing with a broken finger though the last month. I remember watching that game when he busted up his finger, going like, "Ooh, that's going to be rough." But then he's playing through it and looking all right. And you're like, "Okay, all right, maybe this could happen." Then he breaks his fibula, which is a bone not broken. So I know how painful that is. So he's out, and it doesn't even look like he could come back for the Super Bowl. Not that that's even a possibility now, because. I don't know. I'm going to pick them to win. Screw it. I'm picking the Raiders behind Connor Cook. That's right. Connor Cook making his first career start against the Houston Texans It's in Houston. Let me give you a little background about Connor. He's a fourth-round rookie. He will join Joe Webb and Gus Ferranti as the only quarterbacks this century. To st- I like how they say this century. Like we're so deep into it. Uh, this century to uh, start a playoff game. Cook completed 14 of 21 pass for 150 yards and a touchdown interception in just in just over two quarters of action at Denver in the regular season finale. So a little shaky. 14 and 21, yeah, you like that. Uh, touchdown and a pick. I mean, it just seems like a real game-managing environment there against Denver in that last game. They still have a lot. They got a lot of weapons on offense, Oakland, and they got a really strong D. I don't think it's as strong as New England's, but it's up there. And, I mean, I mean Denver's... Well, they're not even a factor, but hold on a sec. I'm reading something wrong here. Okay, sorry. This my you know that's the problem with NFL.com and certain websites. You click on them, and then all these pop-ups start popping up, which it's not like the pop. Like I have the pop-up shit turned off, of course, but it's more like their own personal ads that are like within it. So you just X them out. I get this Xbox One thing, and then all of a sudden the audio starts going, and then they're they're showing Denver highlights, and I couldn't figure out why, and then I realized it was from the last week's game. And all right. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go crazy with this, and just because I don't think that the Texans aren't that special to me. They're not. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go crazy, and and say that I like the Oakland Raiders to win. Let's see if I can find a line for you. Let's see what we think about that. I mean, yeah, the Texans are only favored by three. Oh, it's currently moved to, th- to three and a half right now. That's the current line. That's, I mean, over-under is kind of low, 36 and a half. I'm going to have to go over. Shit. Yes, screw it. Going over that at currently at 36. It's at 36 and three and a half for Houston. Minus three and a half. I like like Oakland, and I like the over. Here's why. Because if Oakland's going to win this game, they're going to have to get something out of their quarterback. And if they get something out of him, I, I, I mean, I know their, their defense is shut down too. So it's too bad quarterback matchups. But I could see, I could see a defensive touchdown from Oakland, and I could see Cook just being like just shocking everyone. He's gonna shock the world because there's really no pressure on him. If, there, if there's a smart person there that knows how to get someone mentally ready, which who knows? It's Oakland staff. Although Del Rio and the boys have done fine, they've had a great season. If there's someone who could just get through to him and say, "Listen." You can't say it quite like this, though. You can't be as blunt about it where it's like, hey, bud, no pressure on you. But they got to just convince him of a way where just be you. Focus. I mean, that sounds so simple, too. What I mean by no pressure, I mean, obviously, there's pressure. It's a playoff game in the NFL. But 
he if, if they lose, no one's going to blame Cook. They're not going to be like, like if David Carr was healthy and they got their ass kicked and Carr played like shit, then it'd be one of those things where it's like, damn, damn. If you're a Raiders fan going into this upcoming offseason, you're like, shit. We thought Carr was the guy. He shit the bed in a big moment. This blah, you know. Maybe he was only good because we kind of went under the radar being a West Coast team and we didn't get as much national coverage. And But no, so you got this guy. So Cook, could, if you just, I would just be like, dude, there's nothing to lose, my man. You are not going to get blamed if we lose this game. So why don't you go out there and play balls out, son? Just do it like that way. That's, that's how I pop, pump people up. I call them son and reference their balls. All right, the other game on Saturday is the Lions-Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored by minus eight. The Lions have just looked shit over the last three or four games, and it's the Lions. So, yeah, I like the Seahawks in that game. Seahawks made an interesting pickup. Devin Hester, greatest kick returner of all time. Chicago Bear, I had his jersey at one point. I don't know what happened to it. I wanted it at a bar raffle. Oh, how about that? We just got a nice little thing on Twitter there. Someone tweeted out. Hold on. Hold on, everybody. Just discovered at Comedy Sports Pod. My Twitter's unloading, so I can't even get the person's name. I just saw that. At Daisy Dawson. I like that because it kind of reminds me of Andre Dawson. They called him Awesome Dawson, who's a Hall of Fame baseball player for the Montreal Expo. Should have gone in as a Cub, though. Played for the Red Sox and Marlins, too. Just discovered at Comedy Sports Pod. Fucking amazing. My two favorite things, sports and comedy. Big fan of at Reynolds Gareth. Love from Australia. Oh, cool. She's from Australia. Nice. Well, thank you for listening. Really appreciate that there, Daisy. I hope you find this one just as enjoyable and the other ones as well. Yeah, big thanks in 2017. Tell your friends. All right, great. Thank you very much. I'm going to follow her back. She seems cool. All right, nice. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so uh, Detroit Lions and Seahawks. Yeah, I, 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 like, I like Seattle. I don't like Seattle overall, though. I think this is the only playoff game they win. Uh, the Lions have looked just – they're the Lions. I don't know what it is. I'm not saying they're going to lose because they're the Lions. That's like the idiots who said, oh, they're the Cubs. That's why they're going to lose. They're the Cubs. They'll find a way. No, what I mean by that is that this, whenever you think they're, they're good, they just look like shit. This whole season's been that way. What did they finish? Eight and six? Not eight and six. Uh, nine and seven? can't remember. Their, remember they had, if they would have won the last game of the season, I mean, they, they, the uh, Washington Redskins lost, so that automatically clinched a spot for them. So they, they, they fell ass backwards into the playoffs. You can't have any confidence in a team that just falls into a playoff spot. You know, they were on the decline. If the season had two more games to it, if it was an 18-game season like a lot of fans would like to see, the Lions would not be in the playoffs. So, therefore, I can't confidently pick them. I like Stafford more than most people. Sometimes I think I'm crazy for that. But it is weird that Calvin Johnson, one of the best receivers in football, retires, and they're almost better. It could be just a schedule thing, too. I mean, Calvin Johnson's obviously amazing, but sometimes... A quarterback like Stafford, maybe he's better because he doesn't always think I have to throw to Johnson. I have to get the ball in Johnson's hands. Now he can just relax and spread the ball around. They had some injuries in the backfield, though, too. Theoretic getting banged up definitely hurt them. But, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lions fans. Can't be confident in you. So that's that matchup right there. Now the Sunday games. Why can't they ever just tell me the next day's games? All right, you know what? I'm going back to NFL schedule, which doesn't have the spreads, but they actually have the fucking schedule. So I was on scoresandodds.com, which is a website I used when I was a high school bookie 10 or so years ago. And it was great. And now it's just a horrible site. Maybe it's just good for basketball season because, you know, they play games every day. But if you ever go to the site, this is how scoresandodds.com, if you guys know anyone who works for their website, this is how it should be. You go there. It's got NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, 
NCAA, you know, all those right there. So I could click on it and see the lines upcoming. They always have it where you go to the website. It's like, here are today's lines. I'm like, that's great. But what if I want this weekend's lines? How do I find that? And then there's a click on this week. I click on this week and it stops on Saturday. You know why? Because Sunday starts a new fucking week. It's just, it's not how to run a website. Look how annoyed I am already. All right, we got Dolphins and Steelers. Man, that's a hard one to choose right there already. Giants and Packers. All right, the Packers have looked really good lately. It pains me to say it, but I'm, I'm choosing them. Aaron Rodgers looks locked in. Him and Jordy, like, that's just the difference, I guess, because last year Jordy was banged up and Rodgers looked slightly above average. Yeah, I mean it when I say that. Without his star, he didn't look very good last year. Held under the ball a little too off, which he tends to do sometimes. But no, he's great. He's he's is he MVP? Shit, he might be. I think I, I think I'd have to vote him MVP. I still think it's Brady's league as a quarterback. Brady missed four games and what he twenty five touchdowns, two interceptions, best ratio in football history. And I know he's got a stacked O line stuff like that. I mean, Green Bay's got great weapons too, so it's not. I it's still Brady's league. Obviously, if I were to start a team right now, I would choose Rodgers because he's younger and has more. You know, he's got more games left to play I mean what is Brady I mean every time you think Brady though might be on the decline because he's 38 years old now he still looks amazing can't take anything away from Tommy boy so yeah I like the Packers there how about this though this story that um Odell Beckham and a bunch of the other Giants players were partying on a boat with Bieber and someone else I don't care I really don't care but you know if the Giants lose that's gonna be the excuse who gives a shit what they do after a game game's over we're here we're all gonna go on a boat party with our boy Biebs it seems real manly for football players, by the way. But yeah, who doesn't? It's it's fun. It's fun on a boat, but then you got to be careful. Think of Jose Fernandez, all-star pitcher for the Marlins, cut down to twenty-four because he had too much fun in a boat. Just don't cocaine and boats don't mix. You get you're on a boat. Things are already awesome for you. Why do you got to bring cocaine into the mix? I never understood that when people are. I, I'm not that type of person. There are some people who are like, well, you're having a good time. Make it even better time. No, I'm already having a great time. How about if I'm having a shitty time? People should be doing like cocaine when they're in line at the post office or something. I don't understand why. It's like you're already on a boat. You're on a boat. It's ocean. It's air. Miami. It's gorgeous. You probably have beautiful women around you. Just let that be enough to throw cocaine in the mix and start, you know, cranking. Let's see how fast we could get this boat. No one on the boat thought, hey, dude, we could probably die. You guys think of that? And then they all died and it's sad. All right. And, um, yeah, Dolphins-Steelers, I got to make a tough play. And uh, Steelers, I just like their experience better. I do. I know it's a weird narrative, but I think the Steelers are a team that I think they're going to see right through the Dolphins. Bradshaw famously gave Coach Tomlin some crap, saying he thinks he's overrated. No, he's not. He's a good coach. He makes makes some questionable moves from time to time. But overall, I like the Steelers to beat the Dolphins. I could be wrong there. So there you have it. I, I can't give you spreads on that one. The only one I'm going to give you is the Raiders. You know, maybe I'll tweet them out. That way I could actually take my time. I'll tweet out my picks on from the Comedy Sports Pod one. But don't hold me to it. I've, I haven't been making picks all year. It's It's been a sloppy year for me as far as covering the NFL. I had a bad fantasy football season. It was atrocious on so many levels. Really embarrassed with the way I played. But I had a lot going on. Wife's pregnant. Um, my favorite team of all time, the Chicago Cubs. I went on a historic run and won the World Series. Um I had, I had some some comedy stuff, some some great stuff, some stuff where I'm like, all right, shit, man, I gotta get some some stuff going here. So I, I kind of got a little lazy there as far as my coverage of the NFL as well as NHL and NBA. But hell, it's a new year. 
got 2017 is right here on the horizon. I'm going to be doing so much more. Um, I'm going to have those two guests. I'm going to figure that out. I'm going to have two guests, and you guys are going to love it. Because or I'll be honest, sometimes it's hard to get a comedian who – the comedians who know hockey don't know shit about anything else. And the comedians who know basketball don't know shit about anything else. So I didn't want to have it where it's like, hey, guys, this week's the hockey episode. And then all the people who don't like hockey are like, well, I'm not checking that out. And, or this week's the NBA episode. And all the people who like hockey are like, I'm not listening to the basketball one. I want it to be like, you know, well-rounded. You know, you watch Sports Center and they show highlights of sports you don't like. You don't immediately change the channel. Or maybe you do, actually. I don't know. But you still watch the show is what I'm saying. You'll still give it a try because this is more about the comedy of it than anything else. And it's cool. And I could get some people who are, you know, I've got Australian fans. Maybe I get some Aussie Rules football fans going and some soccer fans. Are they, do you guys call it soccer, soccer or football? I forgot they do in Australia. Rugby, though. Shit, man. I'd love to get into Six Nations and all that fun stuff. All right. Um, how am I going to wrap this up? Oh, here's what a new thing I want to do. This new thing. I, I, I did it last time I did a solo podcast. It was kind of a fun thing there. I'm going to try it again. Calling it Sports Bits. I'm going to come up with a better name. I don't like that name already. But I'm going to call it Sports Bits. How we're going to wrap it up. And basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to see what the trending topics are in sports and give you quick takes. Some quick takes. Right? I'm, you know, I'm going to make fun of these guys a little bit here. What is going on with the fucking reception in this bitch? One second, everybody. One second. Sorry, this isn't professional. I'm going to get it better, guys. I'm going to get better in 2017. All right, here we go. Cam Robinson, Clemson Clemson Gropers better not try that on me, is what Cam Robinson, offensive tackle for Alabama, says. Clemson Gropers better not try me like that. Better not try me like that. I mean, they could have at least cleaned up the English, even though it's a quote. I mean, I'm not trying to be judgy. I misspeak all the time. You've been listening to this podcast. But, yeah, apparently in Clemson, they like to do a little little groping, like to get a little – a little under the undercarriage. A little, you know, how's your father? Huh? Have you been to the doctor in a while? Let me check that lump for you. They get a little gropey. Let's keep your hands to yourselves, boys. Let's play well. Jim Kelly. Tyrod Taylor is not a franchise quarterback. Hey, did fucking anyone ask you, Jim Kelly? Former Buffalo Bill great Jim Kelly saying that Tyron Tyler, he's, he's not the guy. Maybe he's not. Who knows? All right, moving on. Bears GM undecided on future at QB. How the fuck? Everything's on the table, and they show a stupid picture of Jay Cutler. How is he on the table? Can't you just come out and say, we don't like Jay? No, actually, you can't because you got to try to trade him. I fucking hate that. So much dishonesty. Giants insist they're focused on Packers after Miami trip. All right, let's actually get into this a little bit. I only touched on it, but it's, a, it's kind of a fun story. While everyone else seems to be focusing on a recent day trip some of the New York Giants uh, took to Miami, the G-Men, I hate when they call them that, have Green Bay Packers on their mind. Several players, including Odell Beckham, Victor Cruz, Sterling Shepard, and Roger Lewis, were photographed on a yacht in Miami on Monday. Sources told ESPN that the players and head coach Ben McAdoo, Ben McAdoo, sorry guys, it's refreshing for some stupid reason, Where did that go? It's the worst article I've ever read in my life. Either way, just who gives a fuck about it? That's a long story short. Sorry you guys had to hear me get mad in real time, but I don't know what's going on with the Apple phone. You know, I just watched the movie Steve Jobs for the first time too, the one with Magneto, not with uh, the guy from uh, 70s show. And it kind of wasn't that great. I didn't think it was very good. Steve Jobs was an asshole. And Steve Wozniak, Seth Rogen's character, is basically like, you don't create shit. I mean, obviously he's a genius in his marketing and seeing the big picture and knowing what people are going to want, but Bill Burr has that great joke where he's basically just Steve Jobs going like, oh yeah, I want all the songs and that thing. And they're like, well, that's really hard to do. Fucking do it. Like it's just him 
I don't know. Tiger Woods to start New Year at Torrey Pines. All right, well, you also dye that beard or shave it, Tiger Woods. I guess he pictures him with Trump. He had this evil white beard, and it's only evil. I'm sorry. Is that wrong of me to think that if you're, like, it just looked evil. It was just an evil-looking beard. It clashed in so many ways. Allen returns. Grayson Allen. Duke stomps Georgia Tech by 53 and Coach K's send-off. Oh, yeah, Coach K's having surgery, and they brought back Allen Grayson, who is going to have a fucking – there's going to be a 30 for 30 like the one for Christian Lane. That guy's just a douchey, cheap player. No surprise he's on Duke. All right, moving on. O'Brien, Osweiler, dismiss heated halftime spat. Well, yeah, of course you're going to say that. Now you're going to the playoffs. You're going to make it seem like, you know, all all hands on deck. We're a team. We're a family. We're going to do this. We're going to make our, our fat Houston owner happy that he's a fat Houston owner. All right, Bears encouraged by Jeffrey Super Bowl guarantee. Okay, Alshon Jeffrey said, I guarantee the Chicago Bears are going to win the Super Bowl next year. And the Bears are encouraged by that. Yeah, because he's got confidence, I guess. But he's also delusional. I don't know why you make such a bold statement because you look like a real dick. Oh, Adam Jones, I'm talking about this piece of shit. Disagrees with his rest. None of this makes sense. Uh, really? You have a rap sheet and you did something stupid. It should make sense, Adam Jones. All right, moving on a little bit, a little bit. Let's see what else is going on. I mean, no NHL bits here. Jagger clips his coffee for fifth and all-time assist. I like that, man. I like that Yarmie Jagger is really good. You know, the thing is, though, I thought about this. This happens a lot in hockey where there's guys like that are old, like really old, and they still are amazing. And I wonder, does that make your sport look good? Is that something that makes the sport look good, where these guys who are in their 40s are still killing it? I don't know if that's how it should be. I'm not really sure. I don't know Yager's exact age. I don't even know if he's 40, but he's old. I think he's over 40, right? Let me check Yager's age. I need, I need an intern. I need an intern with these notes ahead of me. It's not normally this sloppy for those of you listening to the first time. I've got full internet power, full bars, and yet this it's just a bad app. I'm sorry. Yager's old. Long story short. On the fly, which team should trade for a Jerome Aginla? I don't know. He's a good asset, but he might be a cap hit on some teams. Uh, all right, that's about oh, Bourdieu jokes. He'll disguise himself with facial hair and return to Anaheim. Oh, so they don't boo you? You overrated fucking roly-poly looking. He's like one of those weeble wobbles. You know, weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. That's what that coach always looked like. Schneider back in form to begin 2017 for the Devils. Seems good there. Um, she's from a porn. I'm saying that because there's some random ad in this app where they try to make it seem like it's for skin, but I've definitely seen that one before. That's what's awkward about living in L.A. Every now and then you'll see a porn star in public. And the thing is, when you see normal actors and actresses, you're like, where do I know them from? But you know you know them from porn, but now you're thinking, which video clip do I know them from? Which 45 to 90 seconds of the end of a good video do I know them from? All right, too much information. I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. I got to remind you, we are on the Punch Drunk Sports Comedy Network, punchdrunksports.com. Listen to their podcast. It's Punch Drunk Sports. It's awesome. And they got a whole other bunch of podcasts on there with some, some great, great America's Best Comedians. And then no sports. So it's, it's the best of both worlds. Definitely check that out. Check out my website, joekilgallon.com. I've got an album on iTunes for sale for $7.99 right now. Uh, it's cheap. It's very cheap. I get like four bucks of that. And I got a baby coming up. So if you want to buy that, that'd be amazing. Came out in 2015. I think I've got a goal in 2017, an action I'm going to put into place, in which I'll make another album at the end of the year is what I'm hoping for. This baby's giving me tons of material. It's not even born yet. How about that shit? Yeah, so joekilgallon.com for any dates. I'm sticking in L.A. and the L.A. area mostly for these next few months. Hopefully, you know, after maternity leaves over, maybe in the summer, maybe around May or June, I'll start to hit the road again. 
But check out my album and follow me on Twitter at Joe Kilgallen, Instagram, Snapchat. I've been doing that a little bit lately. Anyway, uh, and leave us a review on iTunes. It goes a long way. Thank you so much, everybody. I'll be back next week with more Comedians Talking Sports.